episode 15 of Journey Through Grill Island. I'm your host Zig, being joined by Sarah, Barry and Emma. And today we're going to be talking to you about the next show, title of the show, um, which took place on September 4th, 2004 in the Hollywood Las Files Jewish Community Centre and was attended by 200 people. I thought there was a Look like there's more people there. Yeah, I, so. I, I don't know the numbers. Yeah, I, re- I refer to Cage Match. <laughs> I'm not calling them Super Dragon. They were a bit rowdier. I think perhaps I think there's a bit more lively atmosphere at this one. <laughs> and that was the end of the sentence. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to the bottom of that one. <laughs> <laughs> so our first match. Wait, wait, no, no. We all clearly missed something. Yes. Because yes. the show starts off and I was like, wow, what about that? Hardcore kids back. And I, I was like, did I like accidentally skip the opening? So hardcore kids. I was, yeah, and I was looking for the people in the match. I was like, oh, hardcore kid is in the match. Yeah. Then he's not listed. We did miss something. So he's the interim commissioner now for some reason because Paul T is in North Korea on some mission on PWG's tab. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we know. This led me to do a bit of Googling on Hardcore Kid because I didn't really know what his timeline was like. Because he did leave for WWE yeah. and he did only have a very short run. Mm-hmm. So he very well could have been back for that. And I came across this gem that Hardcore Kid had one MMA fight. Lovely. Um, he lost it in the second round, a minute and 14 seconds in, to one... Butterbean. Wow! Oh, did I not say this on a previous episode? Oh, you did. Did you? I did. <laughs> yeah. What? I don't remember that at all. Oh! oh thank you. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, it was probably about a year ago. Yeah, it's true. It was maybe Hardcore Kid's debut, but yeah. Yeah. But look, we yeah. know him better now. That's He's right. a different yeah. person to us. Yeah. It's now even funnier to picture now that we've yeah. seen him wrestle. Um, we've seen him masked, unmasked, masked, and I, unmasked. I mean, I, d- I didn't get that reaction when I said it, so... I think but he we didn't were, build it like <laughs> I did. We weren't <laughs> invested in the Hardcore Kid lore. Yeah. I think we've yeah. grown to love him now and his love for pro wrestling around the time. It's a different time. <laughs> and none of us have seen the brawl for all Dark Side of the Ring. Yes. Oh, yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah, so Butterbean is actually fresher in our minds. That's Fair. it. That's it. And Hardcore Kid lasted longer than Bark Gun. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you telling me that we should have a Bark Gun Hardcore Kid match? To settle it all. Yeah. It all. And we have all been watching the Jackass movies on that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't last as long as Johnny Knoxville. God, a Butterbean podcast would be quite... Yeah. <laughs> I think we've covered everything. <laughs> so the match. <laughs> the match ended up being Brad Bradley and Baby Slim, the first family, against Superbad and Human Tornado. If you had enough of Baby Slim already, him as a heel, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
oh, I had enough. Do <laughs> you know what? I actually didn't mind them. I was like, this is all right. I, I, I liked how he established himself as this annoying heel that you don't want to see. Well, he did do the thing where he teased a crip walk elbow, but just kicked Tornado instead. And that's he's. That's you know, good. So. So you actually worked. I was. I worked. <laughs> you love the crib walk. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and I loved it when Tornado did it to him, which doesn't make sense because he was wearing blue. So, so it was Tornado proposing a new team. I love how into the blows of Chris. So commentary spent most of the match talk about a sign that was on the wall. Uh, it was obviously Excalibur and Disco again, and they. Uh, brought our attention to a sign that said DJ AC in da and then a picture of a house. I loved it. <laughs> it was very good. It was very, very DJ uh, AC in da house. I want to know who it is though. Like, who is DJ AC? Can we listen to him on Spotify? Hmm. I'm going to imagine since it was a Jewish community center, he probably DJed bar mitzvahs and bach mitzvahs and all other Jewish celebrations that I can't name can we book him <laughs> yes. for our next celebration I'm just running through my head of PWG roster members who it could be in favor. Yeah, I, I was thinking that as well Adam Cole you know maybe not at this time no. he would have been having She's his bar mitzvah Adam. at this age yeah <laughs> he would have been becoming a man yeah, the only one I could think of was maybe Apollo Khan's shoot name is actually spelled with a C <laughs> I'd like to think it's Bobby Quams well, yeah, he has a, he has a, a lot of air supply. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect for apartments. So. But oh, no, he can't because the CDs got stolen. So Yeah. So Superbad is a big man. He's a tall man. So much so that he does the big man entrance getting into the ring, which Excalibur and Disco were very happy with. And I don't know if he was intentionally doing it as a bit, but him and Brad Bradley did what I've written down here as the Ishii shoulder exchange <laughs> things where they bounce off the ropes. Yeah. And Bradley tried to shoulder bump him, but Superbad patted himself on the shoulder and said, oh, go again, you know, and I was just kind of like, is he doing this ironically or is he actually... He had to, because he was wearing a t-shirt with muscles He was wearing the muscle shirt again. <laughs> yeah. 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 Muscle Wait, shirt. that was a t-shirt? What? Yeah. <laughs> I love when he takes it off. Yeah. Scott was like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> but it's because he is like, for indie wrestling standards, he's not as skinny, like he's not yeah. that skinny. Yeah. He is a skinny indie wrestler, but it's when he takes the t-shirt off, he looks even, yeah. like long I think Tornado is a great opening match wrestler. Um, he was bumping all over the place for the big lads in this, which I thought was really good. Yeah, like there's one point where Baby Sim like, just literally threw him up, and the mm. hang time the Tornado got on his body to then like slap down on the mat, I was like, that's actually very impressive. And it made Baby Sim look good. I think he did like yeah. the Mr. Perfect turnbuckle bump at one point where he leaps onto the bottom turnbuckle to take a head first bump into the top and then fly backwards. It's, you know, perfect for, for a match like this in the opener. Not, I didn't think it was as fun as we, an opener as we normally get. It wasn't the kind of locals. This was, you know, proper heels versus, mm. or trying to be heels versus faces. So it wasn't that kind of fun, um, so-called sort of ridiculous just people doing their shitty little spots yeah needed more robust locals yeah yeah <laughs> exactly I, I think another problem as well is Brad Bradley himself isn't necessarily the most charismatic no. wrestler on the planet no. and then when he got injured to be honest I actually missed him getting injured I was so like, so at one point yeah. I was like god he like they're really <laughs> like super bad like and um, baby slim just kind of wrestled this match 
And then I was like, oh, he's injured. He blew out his knee. Yeah. And I yeah. think that just really took away from whatever they were trying to do. Oh, it completely. They lost the run of it. Mm-hmm. Well, so Bradley gets injured. He blows out his knee. You know it's serious because people from the back run out. Yeah. Or Rick Knox and other referees run out. So it, it did look pretty bad. But Baby Slim then spent the next five minutes looking at him from the ring. So he was taking on the other two, but he kept looking over to Bradley. And I don't think they were experienced enough to call it on the fly. They should have, Baby Slim should have taken charge, but he didn't. So it just kind of fell to pieces and not in the funny kind of sloppy opener way that we're used to. It just, yeah, it was a bit of, a bit damp. So Brad Bradley did muster up enough strength to get back in the ring for the finish. He hit Lariat to Superbad and Slim pinned him. Mm-hmm. And like like you said, Emma, this is just a match to establish the heel tag team. Mm-hmm. It was and for an opener of what we're used to at the moment, it was a bit bland. Mm-hmm. Bit bland. The best part was Human Tornado going into the crowd and the mm-hmm. crowd getting involved and liking that. That was that was really the, the highlight. Because it happened so quickly, they weren't in any way worried about us. Nope. <laughs> he took out about three, three fans, <laughs> which is half the crowd. Of <laughs> Our second match on the card is a three-way dance between the returning Hook Bomberry, Quicksilver, and Chris Bosch. It is the classic PWG tag-in yeah. three-way. So that's not a three-way dance, which I so like. I hate. It's just such a stupid. I've never rule. seen them before. It, yeah. We saw it in Peter Bougie last. It's a stupid rule. It and it just makes it more frustrating because the best part of the matches when the three of them were in together, the whole like tagging back and forth. It doesn't make sense to have one person on the apron while the rest, the the other two, are wrestling inside. Because why? Like, in what way? Why would that person just wait patiently yeah. on the outside? It made no sense. But I am glad to see Hook, Bon Perry, Bon Perry. Bon Barry back. I didn't realise he was injured. <laughs> I felt so bad. Yeah. He was oh, out because yeah. he was injured. Well, everyone was really happy to see him back. There was welcome back chance. Um, he looks great. His legs are really sturdy now. <laughs> <laughs> just big sturdy legs on him. Just, just thought I'd say that. <laughs> well, I think he injured his knee, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, yeah, so he's uh, great thighs. <laughs> but you're right. He, I actually think he looked really good in this match yeah. Yeah. The, the very little work he, he actually got to do looked really smooth and made you want to see more of him and I think that's why it was so annoying the dynamic of this match with the former tag partners and tag champions Quicksilver and Bosch basically just treating it like a handicap match mm. just made it made me kind of annoyed that Bomberry got to make his big return and basically jump out to these guys yeah that's weird because like those tropes are bad in a normal triple threat three-way dance when like either one guy's on the outside hurt for ages so you can have a singles match inside or the two guys team up mm-hmm. but something about it being tag in and tag out exemplified that it just made it so much worse yeah. it's like you're just watching the boring parts of a tag match then at that point yeah i couldn't really hear at this point Commentary were talking about, I think it was Hook Bomberry and something that he likes to do. And someone by the name of Bobbato John could verify it. What was I, it? So that was he like when he He, he likes getting beat up by women. Oh. Ah. Well, who, okay. who among us? You know? <laughs> 
Yeah. I just, that's interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. I wonder if he still likes that. <laughs> this jackknife powerbomb in his future if he wants it. <laughs> I'll take on those sturdy legs. <laughs> Reach out um, at Gorilla Island on Twitter <laughs> and let us know. Trevor um, also informed us that in the Jewish faith, Jesus is treated more like Clark Kent than Superman. <laughs> which I thought was a beautiful euphemism. <laughs> there is some very uh, quick editing during the match when Chris Bosch gets pantsed. Yes. Entire dick and balls. Um, but which is replaced with a little gorilla. Um, so we do see his, his ass a bit, but no dick. I wonder if he had to be censored because he's not circumcised and they're in a Jewish community. <laughs> <laughs> you mean that gorilla popped up in real time? <laughs> <laughs> but that means that all, everyone in that building saw it, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, do you think he would have been banned from the building? Again, the yeah. second yeah. 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 Hardcore kids going to run out of uncles. <laughs> 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 Um, yeah, so he then did a flare and worked with his arse out for about three straight minutes before the finish of the match. Yeah, there's one point where he pulls them back down. Yeah, he pulls them back down. They say it on commentary. Yeah. There's like a because Boss has pulled his trousers back down for some reason. Yeah. Oh dear. In terms of the match, the only actual commentary I have is that Hook Bomberry did a sick Mishinoki driver, and I was like, that was sick. That yeah. was so good. He near the cap so good. I thought Hook was great. I it was ass. really good to see him back. And that's why it's so disappointing that that's that's all he really got to do. Yeah. Because yeah. like, again, you know, now that I think back of it, he was sort of heating up mm. last yeah. time we saw him as yeah. well. But yeah. real like scrappy underdog energy, sort of. I'm interested to see how long his. PWG career goes now because obviously he's not around that much longer. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how it develops. So Bosch won this one with his modified sharpshooter. I thought that looked great. Yeah. I really thought that the ending was good. It looked painful. It did look like, painful. Which is hard to do with sharpshooter half the time. Yeah. Especially with your arse out. Yeah. <laughs> so it was really a hook and or a Bombery Bosch match. Quicksilver yeah. didn't get yeah. much to do. It shouldn't have been a three way. It should have just been Bosch and Hook and even if Bombery lost he would have looked great because Bosch made him look good and Bosch being racist obviously makes you know, gives him the kind of little thing called heat. Yeah. <laughs> I completely agree and I think if it was just the two of them, it would have made Bosch look more credible. Yeah. I would have made him look like, oh, this guy is is picking up something now instead of just, you know, still kind of relying on Quicksilver to help him out. Yeah. So, bad uh, book. Yeah. yeah. And I do, I like, I love Quicksilver, but this, yeah. Yeah, this wasn't his match. The third match on the card was a tag match Top Gun Tower and Charles Mercury against their former mentor, Disco Machine, and his SBS partner, Excalibur, with Bryce Remsburg as referee. A big debut. Oh my god, it was only until they said it on commentary that I was like, oh, oh it is 
Christ. <laughs> I just did. The, the lighting was kind of bad, so. And the video quality. Oh, the video quality was really bad. Yeah, yeah. And the camera it's was like so it, It's regrets. Yeah. Um, and also, he had his black hair at the time. Yeah. She's gone a long time at this age. But it, I think. Oh, right. <laughs> wow. Oh, I say, is that his trademark? <laughs> you know. It did, it did take me a while to identify him, too, because I heard his voice first, and he is such a. Distinct yeah. voice. Distinct voice. Yeah. Like, but yeah, it took me a while to actually, because his little sideburns are longer than his. But when you watch it a bit more, it's funny how his mannerisms are still very much so the same as they are now. Yeah. It's kind of funny when you see referees like that. Like, how would you get mannerisms as a ref? But that always intrigues me. Like, everyone kind of has their own certain thing. Like, Bryce Ramsey is very animated. Yeah. And I always recognise him as being really animated when moves happen in the ring. It was even then. Excalibur's knee pads were different. Did anyone notice no. it? No. So usually he has the skulls. Yeah. But these ones were like little ghosties. <laughs> <laughs> it, they oh, were... Like the ecstasy pills. <laughs> you kind of. <laughs> That's what they <laughs> Blue ghosties. Yeah, it really brought me back. But they were white ghosties. Oh. Um, yeah, so they were something a little different. I'd like to... I'd never seen them before. And I, I'm a keen Excalibur gear... Um, aficionado. Aficionado. So this was, this was different to me. Um, and I will be keeping an eye out in the future if if we get Mitsubishi's or if we get <laughs> <laughs> little Pac-Man. <laughs> Just some pill humour for yeah, you there. Yeah. Um, there was a good bit of commentary where Disco Machine and I think it was Talwar were having an exchange uh, in the ring and Disco gets the upper hand. Excalibur says, the student stays the student. <laughs> yeah, they, they've had more follow-up on the teacher-student thing as opponents than they ever had as an actual unit, it seems yeah. like. Because last show, I think, also had some discovers yeah. his, his young boy stuff. It's like, did they, they had, did they have one match as a team? And now they yeah. have like two against each other? And- they didn't even have a blow up. No, no, yeah. Like, I am actually very confused. Like, what? Because they still reference the fact that, like, oh, like, tra- I'm training them. Yeah. But, like, what? The, the, the faction's gone. <laughs> That's definitely something they're just making up on commentary. Like, is there sexual tension and aggression gone now? Is it oh, gone? oh, it's been gone. It was for. it was, All sexual tension and aggression was was a backstage promo, yeah. it seems like. Yeah. They had one opener and um, now they're just fighting each other but not really mentioning it in ring it's only that disco's on commentary <laughs> that they'll mention it I but really yeah. miss them I, yeah. I actually there was something about them that was very endearing well and disco obviously thought the same because he would not cheat <laughs> that was and nice. they kept saying and Tyler just kept saying sorry sorry <laughs> anytime we put a move yeah that was a nice touch in it and then we had the kind of infighting between Excalibur and disco which was great to watch that happening in the ring and have them then on commentary just like kind of brush over it a little um, but no disco said tempers flare in ring but never on commentary <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's the difference with PWG. <laughs> Professionals. Professionals. There's none of that heel face commentary. <laughs> There's just people being a bit racist. <laughs> Excalibur did a very exact. He was he looked like a proper banana peel slip when he was doing a kick, um, and he said they should call ILM to fix it. It should be a not quite in the PWG budget, but fair enough. 
What does that mean? Uh, ILM is Industrial Light and Magic, the Star Wars special effects. Oh, yeah. how nerdy! <laughs> <laughs> and did you just expect us all to know? Well, Excalibur knew it, you know. So. Excalibur is a nerd! <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I like how he asked for that. <laughs> for his little slip. But not Chris's boss's full dick and balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the girl is enough for him. Yeah. Well, they probably had to look at the dick and balls. Like, they wouldn't have had the gorilla while they were watching no, it. No. I'd say Excalibur also had to do that himself. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Um, for what felt like the third time in a row, I'm watching a disco match and it seems perfectly fine. And then he points out that he has been knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's some point where he's like selling and he's like, yeah, there I'm looking at that ring rope, which is kind of like, uh, yeah, I, I didn't catch what he got knocked funny on, but then there was like the really ugly slingshot spot where oh, yeah. Mercury and Tal were. I always hate this spot anyway, understand where one, one tag team partner slingshots their opponents into their partner who does a clothesline and they repeat it and it completely oh, fell apart because yeah. poor Disco was... Uh, Seeing stars, I think, but um, yeah, poor fella. They, <laughs> he keeps having yeah. to call his own demise. If Excalibur and Disco weren't on commentary for this, the match would have been unwatchable, yeah. I think. Yeah. Because they did really did add to it. There was one point where the match kind of lost its way, and they were like, as you can see, we're slowing it down <laughs> for the audience, yeah. for the crowd, to be, so they can actually see the moves and pay attention to the moves. It's a pace more befitting of our brains, which I loved. I was like, that is incredible. But you're like, it's like watching these matches because when before we started the show, you always look at like Disco and Excalibur's careers and like, wow, like why did they finish up when they did? And then you actually watch them and you're like, okay, this makes a lot of sense with the amount of moves gone wrong and hits to the head. Concussions. Concussions that they've taken. Like, it's good for them for (laughs) calling it a day when they did because, yeah, I wouldn't imagine having to watch it. Never mind. You're reliving, like you said, you're reliving your own demise. That's painful. I always find that so fascinating when you see wrestlers watching themselves get knocked out and they're always saying I don't remember this part I don't remember finishing the match I remember being backstage 20 minutes later and you're watching them they're a bit dazed but they're still they're still able to do moves and they're still able to take moves it's it's frightening it's like if someone recorded a night on the drink yeah. <laughs> you watch that back the next day no, I don't remember no that. one would want to do that <laughs> It's I yeah, I think it's terrifying. It is like I know I can't wrap my head around it. Like whatever about a night on the drink. Okay, maybe if you fall or something, which I'm sure we all have. But like to actually be wrestling a match and taking someone else's like life into your hands. But it's like when we when we saw Kenta get knocked out. Sorry, mm. Barry. Like <laughs> against Ishii. Sorry, New Japan. But um, it was really weird because he knew something was wrong, and then for him to like hear him say like I don't remember winning this match or this title, but I'm champion, I suppose. Mm. I can't. I just will never be able to understand the human brain. Neither will the wrestlers at all. So unlike Disco Machine, Charles Mercury was more than happy to cheat, and he pinned Excalibur with a roll up while holding his tights. Our next match features an international debut. <laughs> the UK Kid, 
taking on Brian Danielson. And like, obviously, I looked up the UK kid. Yeah. He's nobody. 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 I was like, oh, and no one has heard of him. No. No. Yeah. I was like, is this going to be a guy in a mask that actually you'd be like, oh. Actually, but, who's no. the dog fella you don't like? Lion Kid. Lion Kid. <laughs> no, he was about a foot taller than Lion yeah. Kid, to be fair. Um, for, yeah, I also looked him up, never heard the name before, I don't know why, I assume he was a, a mainstay of the, that era of promotions, which are like now long gone. I was kind of surprised with how decent he was for a forgotten guy, you know? But where did he come from? Danielson must have known him from the UK Camps, maybe. Camps, yeah. that seemed, they, it was kind of a camp style, sort of. Yeah, Excalibur did say they'd wrestled a few times before, yeah. so I assume that's it, and that's why the match was probably okay. Yeah, that they've done it. It was the opposite of how I assumed they've done the match in England, yeah. where he was like, "Oh, all you Americans!" And <laughs> Daniel Bryan yeah. started the USA chant. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I'd say he was the opposite in there, or over in England. I'm sure he was anti-British and fair play to him. <laughs> what an awful name! Yeah, UK kids. Awful. Yeah. Well, I think it's worse for us because it just immediately makes us hate him. <laughs> but to to go UK kid, not to be like the English chap, or <laughs> even British, but UK is yeah. just the sort of weird, yeah, no. And just it just it's like it also sounds like he put about thirty seconds of effort into coming up with a dynamite kid homage name, <laughs> and it was with yeah. the UK, you know. One thing I did like with. Uh, nationalistic stuff <laughs> I guess was the Danielson holding back the guy in the crowd yeah. I thought that was very funny like just some dude just got up and started shouting that UK kid and Danielson went down and he was holding him back he's like no don't let him at him <laughs> no, it was very good like I always love when Danielson does little bits like that my highlight well I have two things from the match but my highlight is um, Disco bringing up um, Fanny Oh, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I was wheezing that. It was just the way he said it because it was so American. I was like, oh, like, so like a fanny is, you know, a term for um, a woman's vagina. And I was just like, that's just top notch. Because they were talking about the, a fanny pack is known yeah. as a bum bag. And that to them sounds ridiculous, but fanny pack to us sounds disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Gone off that fanny pack. <laughs> uh, the crowd were really like into it. They're really loud. I was like, I suppose I would be too if I was watching, you know, a Brian Danielson match. It didn't matter that it was this. But Brian Danielson versus the Brexit boy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that towards the end of the match, Dragon put on the the surfboard Dragon sleeper, and I was like, that is just insanely good like that's the type of move when I used to play the WWE games that I would like make as my finisher because <laughs> it just looked badass and I actually wish that was just the finish I just thought that was like that would just really put a nice stamp on things and this was kind of a match where you saw him do a little bit of everything which is what Brian Dennis saw about he did the comedy he did the crowd attraction they did really great grappling early on and a tiny little bit of kind of flying at the end it was just it was great he, he, he can do it all and he did a stretch muffler, which is one of the best for the best submissions. After all that, though, he won the match with a bridge in German, which I definitely didn't expect. Yeah. I like that, though, in wrestling, though, especially yeah. with Danielson, because it's not like oh, he couldn't win with that. It's like, no, he could possibly win with anything because yeah. he's that good. Especially against a twerp like the UK kids. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Didn't, I didn't rate the match very highly. I thought... Danielson went hard, but he could have. This was his opportunity. I thought he could have gone way harder. 
but I think, I don't know, maybe was he trying to help out the UK kid? But, I, I yeah. didn't really mind it because of the place on the card. Yeah. And because we're not expecting anything from the other guy. I think like if it was like semi-main or something, or like, what, mm. what the hell? I did enjoy the UK kid missing a, a plancha, which of course Excalibur said he calls the fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> the next match is a six-man tag uh, with Rocky Romero, Ricky Reyes and Puma against Christopher Daniels, Bobby Quance and B-Boy. Um, originally it was meant to be Homicide in place of Christopher Daniels, but he was otherwise engaged and they got Christopher Daniels in as a last minute replacement because Bobby is friends, well Gangsta Bobby is friends with Homicide and that's why he was going to be teaming with B-Boy and Homicide originally. That would have been quite the team actually yeah. to see them all in a line. Because Quance did have the, the bandana on oh. for the first half of the I match. Think it, I think it looked good, I think it yeah. suited him. Yes, poor Homicide was in a car accident, so I hope he get better soon, yeah. Homicide. I hope he's better by now, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Ponce's gear. I thought yeah. it looked good. Yeah. I thought, much like the opener tag, this wasn't a PWG six-man tag. Like, certainly not what we expect now, but even mm-hmm. even back then, we've, we've seen a few fun ones now. This is a bit more of your basic mid-card match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was nothing really to sink your teeth into, I think, in this match. It felt long. Yes, it was very long. Yeah, and it, like it really, it felt like a struggle t- to get through it. Like even with all the shenanigans on the outside and flinging everyone into chairs, even with that sort of stuff, it just didn't even give you the life that you needed from it. I think because they were outside and they were doing the chair, that was exciting. But then that suddenly ended and they were back in. Yeah, they stopped yeah. and yeah. looked at each other. And then all just went back into the ring. Yeah, it was. There was yeah. yeah, there was like a few interesting moments in the match, but there was no cohesion to it. Mm. It just sort of there was little spots that happened, but they didn't plan anything to get there or what to do afterwards. Like there was a good part with the uh, Rocky and Quants like yeah. striking, and that was yeah. really cool. But nothing really past that or before it. Like I'd say, if this same group of guys did this match like five years later, yeah. it would have been brilliant. I just don't think they had maybe the the minds to put together, to execute what they wanted. Mm. Um, it's probably the right words to say. Um, because all the talent is there. And it was actually like, when I saw this match come up, I was like, I was actually pretty excited for it. Because yeah. I thought it was going to be like explosive, go, go, go. But it just, yeah, it just wasn't. I did, I did think Quads and Romero were really good together. They, were. Uh, they had lots of great stuff. Um, and Romero in general was great. I think he's a really great heel. Like for a guy his size, all his stuff looks really, you know, getting stuck in there, really effective. So I thought those two in particular, I'd like to, I'd like to see them kind of have a few more matches together. I've also got really into Quads' Polish hammers now. I think they were a good like fire up spot because yeah. remember when he first did them and we were just sort of like who does Polish, Polish hammers? hammers yeah. But like when he was tagged in and he's knocking everyone down, but it was actually pretty cool. They looked really good. Yeah. No one really has anything more to say about no. the match, do they? No, no. Grant, so uh, the pit bulls won it with their Cuban missile crisis. It's still the coolest finishing it's name. So good. Yeah. yeah. It's still like the, the pit bulls are cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. 
Yeah, the Pitbulls and Quants were good. Yeah. Well, just Rocky and Quants, I think, were maybe the best. Daniels didn't even really notice him. No, I feel like it was the last minute, yeah. so whatever, like, thanks for coming. Yeah. And, like, he's not going to bust his balls trying to have a great match for you. Actually, yeah. no, I'm just thinking it was funny, like, um, Disco, like, trying to hype up Daniels, like, yeah, he's a native, like, native boy back back in California. And, like, Scarborough's like, what? He's, <laughs> he's from Chicago. <laughs> I don't know, I just thought that was funny. But to be fair, I'd say if you ask most people now, they think he was from SoCal. Yeah, yeah. I was. <laughs> yeah, I was also surprised that he's like, he's from Chicago. <laughs> also because... The Chicago guys make such a big deal of the fact that he comes, yeah, and he doesn't. Yeah. Like, I sort of forget this. Like, Daniels is in his 30s here. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, I always sort of thought of him as the same age, and he was just sort of, he started earlier than them, because he was always considered the veteran. Yeah. yeah. But I never really thought he was actually 10 years older than most of them. Because he, he, he aged well, like he didn't he didn't look his age. And also, because he was primarily known for TNA, whenever TNA would do one of their endless angles, it's about, it's about time for the young guys. They would always include him in it with the, with the actual young guys. And I bought it every I bought time. it every time. <laughs> so, our next match is a first time ever dream match with Super Dragon against Chris Hero. Classic hero gear of the era. The first thing I noticed straight away. Superhero logos everywhere, shiny pants, you know, blue and white. Is this Hero's first PWG? No, he was teaming with Punk in the tag team uh, tournament. Oh yeah, well I completely forgot about that. Yeah. This is his first singles. Yeah, yeah. And from here, he is a regular, which thanks, I didn't. Thanks PWG expert. Which one was your favorite? <laughs> which I didn't know. Yeah. I felt like he only came back after WWE. I didn't know he had a whole lot. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, there you go. I've, I've given my crown away straight away. Yeah, it really was quintessential hero. This is really the time he started heating off where he was now on mm. the Indies. 2004, obviously he had his stuff at Punk years prior with like the 90-minute matches, which were terrible. But from here, like it's... Yeah. You can tell there was at one point they talk about hero that you can send him anything labelled wrestling and he'd watch it and be like hey man That's very funny thanks for sending me like the video but it's actually plainly obvious when he's wrestling as well I think that he's just a student of the game and still is now and I think that always comes across in his matches and I think he was definitely trying to impress Super Dragon as well a funny thing about that is like just recently Rachel Ellering tweeted that he still does that mm and that people are sending their matches to him on Twitter and he will watch them wow. and comment on them for you. Yeah, so he's been like that day one and he's still like that. That's yeah. very, that's cool. Yeah, so yeah, Excalibur says that he'll watch anything labelled wrestling. So Excalibur sent him a video labelled uh, wrestling and it was two dogs fighting over a fan belt. And a couple of days later, Chris Hero gets back to him and says, Thanks, man, I learned a lot from that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was always, like, a big Orange fan, so a big Gabe disciple. <laughs> so, like, Sorry. I... For the, oh, it's very funny now, yeah. Um, I wish I would have seen Harry right now. <laughs> oh... Barry. Tell him I want my refund from Media Week in 2013 <laughs> next time you're talking to him. Barry Deer had a heart attack when I said that. <laughs> um, so I 
like was on the Ring of Honor boards and all that. So like in my eyes, like Chris Hero was a garbage wrestler yeah. for ages <laughs> because that because Gabe always considered him one until he needed him essentially. And did fans not like him? No, no. Like, wow. Gabe was like the best booker on the planet in our eyes, okay. and like his opinions on wrestlers were, was also ours. I'd say there was probably also a lot at that time. It was a lot being skewed by. You couldn't watch every promotion under the sun because they weren't all on $10 subscription mm. services. There was probably an awful lot of, I'm not watching CZW, but I can imagine they're probably the shits. <laughs> and if you if you identify with their brand, you have to be a shithead. You know? And his look did not help. No. no. Like and it's indiest looking thing. Yeah. So it was easy to buy into, oh, this is a guy who just does. Like, yeah, he was an indie wrestler, which now, like, even watching this in his early days, he's so technically sound like yeah. he, he's great like all the cravat stuff is like just brilliant the way he moves in and out of them and applies them in different ways when he does the little scooch out of the lake clamp on the ground such a such a i'm a nerd wrestler that was so but it also looked like you know when a dog has a fish on its bum and it scoops it along <laughs> That's all I could think of It's a dog with an achieved bottom yeah but like i don't remember hero being this Sound mm. in two thousand and four. This stage. I always just remember. Yeah, I just like from. I just have obviously two thousand six onwards in my head. Yeah, and that's when he got good. Was two thousand six. But again, maybe that is things skewing my brain. I don't know. Because like you said a second ago, how those like those punk matches aren't actually like any good. Like I, those a lot of his early matches, like his early early uh, like matches where he's making his name. Looking back on those, I'm like, wow, it's crazy. You think this guy would go on to be great? But yeah, just now, fast forward a couple of years from that to 2004, and I'm watching this going, this guy really, really was very clever and so detail oriented, even back then, you know? And with even this match, like, he busted out. It's such a kind of like, here's my fancy lucha submission that the commentators aren't going to know the name of, which they didn't. And they yeah. said they didn't, you know? Um, yeah, so it was, it was really cool to see him so advanced even at this stage. So was he in was he in Ring of Honor at this stage? No. No. No, okay. he, he doesn't come for another two or three. Well, okay. he comes in the CZW feud, yeah. goes away again, then comes back with uh, uh, Claudio. Oh, nearly, he nearly used his, <laughs> his slave name. <laughs> ah, he comes back with Sweeney first. Oh, Sweet that's right. Sour yeah, yeah, Sweeney Sourink. Anyway, that's, that's for... That's the hero retrospective yeah. for you. It's another one of those matches, like all Super Dragon matches, where the commentators treat it seriously. <laughs> yeah. um, However, then they lose it a bit with the, the Muppets referencing. Yeah, so Excalibur says that Chris Hero's <laughs> face hinges like that of a Muppet. But <laughs> <laughs> if you were to take a line from his... Like going from through his mouth all the way around his head, his his mouth would flap open like a muppet. And <laughs> uh, so then there's a lot of references to his muppet mouth, his muppet face, um, dragon smushing his muppet face into <laughs> the ring. Hero hit his lucha roll tope to the outside, yeah, which looked really good. This did kind of have the feel of kind of this era of the indie still felt a little bit like it was territorial in a way like even though he'd been here before did kind of feel like a big outsider coming in to face the guy here yeah yeah it was very good it was definitely <laughs> I don't know what I was trying to say it was just really good 
and um, the standout on the card. And I think like especially after coming off a match where I did have such high expectations, I was kind of like, this one can't let me down, and it didn't. Mm. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it had really great moments. I don't know as a whole of a match if it was one of the best dragon matches we've seen, but like it did have great moments. I just there was something about the match that didn't. Yeah, I think Dragon took a back seat. Yeah. It was a good, quieter match for him. It was. Definitely. It was kind of like, yeah, he was like, I think the story was kind of like he wanted to have a slugfest, but Hero was trying to have his match, and so they had a Hero match as a result. Yeah. Um, yeah, whereas in the past, like, because he's done that same thing with, like, Punk, and in the end, he gets his way and they have a slugfest. Yeah. But I guess he wanted to work a bit different, and this time he has the technical match. He did still win by a double stomp to the head, yeah. though. Yeah. So he did get his way somehow. I'm just thinking, though, like, I don't... So what are they doing with Dragon? So, like, the last time we see him, he's, like, face down after, you know, the Joe match. That was our last time we saw him, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, Disco and Excalibur had to come out and we fade to black and it's like, oh, my God, Dragon. Like, what are we doing here? Well, sir. We'll find it. Thankfully, the there's another match. <laughs> Do you not remember what happens after that match? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we'll tell you. I don't remember at all. Okay. Well, <laughs> we're we'll get, get into it. No, yeah. a dragon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> well, our next match <laughs> is the PWG World Championship match uh, with Frankie Kazarian defending against Samoa Joe. Hardcore Kid before the match declares that only managers are allowed at ringside and despite Vanderpile not having an official license <laughs> he is still allowed to stay with Kazarian uh, who he gives the advice don't headbutt the Samoa which very sad very good yeah so yeah Slim and Bradley are banished from the ring Kazarian's jacket oh. yes yes oh. stunning oh no stunning no. jacket no no, his whole gear was terrible. His, his whole thing. Yeah. I know we haven't been very big on Frank Kazarian in this party. And his I, style, especially. I hated him in this match. Oh my god. Why was he doing Adam Pierce in the style of AJ doing Ric Flair in TNA? <laughs> like, just mortifying. Oh my god. And then he had probably the worst match of his career, I felt like. I love that he labels himself as the coolest. The coolest yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, so never I mean, been His jacket says the coolest guy. Like, or was it a jacket? Was it a kimono? Was it a kimono? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, if he did this all as an ironic bit, I'd be like, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. in GCW to this day. That's so true. That actually is so true. But there's just something lacking in his... I'm not going to say personality, I'll say in his character yeah. that isn't, can't fully commit to it, can't be snarky. It's can't not be, him. It's not him. Like, I do genuinely believe he thinks that maybe he's cool and he's handsome and all of these other things, <laughs> but not in a, in a kind of a bullshy way that, that you need to be. You need to be like 10 times this kind of personality in wrestling and he just doesn't have it. The fact that he needs a manager, the fact that he needs a... Uh, yeah, that he, and that he needs a faction and yeah. everything. And he has always needed this for his whole PWG career. He just doesn't have it. I'd like to think the jacket is like 
Vanderpile trying to make him into Pierce because that's all he knows. <laughs> yeah, that could, and that could be something. That's all I can think of. Like, and so soon he's gonna come out and he's gonna go to Vegas, <laughs> you know, and then you'll have to get. Who's, who's going to yeah, confront him in the, the hallway? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Chicken head Trish. <laughs> There's a girl in there. <laughs> and they're hot. <laughs> they did do the headbutt spot after after EVP giving the, the, the advice. They also talked about the fact that Hardcore Kid is recently married. And Disco, in classic Disco humour, says, if it lasts half as long as my marriage, then you're lucky. <laughs> I love his dad jokes. <laughs> Mainly because they all have a hint of sadness. Yeah, yeah. recently divorced Disco on commentary is, is something. <laughs> but we all do enjoy it. Yeah. Frankie fucks up a kip-up, which the crowd are... But then he plays it up for heat. He plays it up. It's a little thing called heat, Marks. You know? Oh, I hate it. Because you're going for it again. You don't have to fall for it. You got it. You got it. Did you see that? Did you do it on purpose? You did not do that on purpose. This is the second time you've been worked by a little thing called heat, as you call it. You know it's there, and you're still Frankie, <laughs> you got me. The first time we had you wrapped around there. He's playing for the battle. Absolutely rattles. True. Wow. Wow. God, you would have been on a message board. <laughs> I'd love to have seen you in the crowd. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Oh my God. No. You're not cool. You're not cool. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, and then Joe is cool. <laughs> Joe is cool. <laughs> um, so then, Sarah. Um, <laughs> what did I, did I just completely black? Yes, I think I did. Because the finish of the match is Super Dragon coming in and attacking Joe. I, com- I completely. <laughs> Did I turn it off? You must have because of what the next match is. there was no end. end, So, Joe... How did you think the match ended? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought... Did you just watch the entrances and go... Yeah. I think we can tell how this goes. (laughs) She was wrong. Joe's Joe's champion. I don't know what happened. I must have just blacked out. Yeah. Yeah. So, Super Dragon comes in and attacks Joe. Um, just in front of the referee, just gets in the ring and just yeah. does it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the ref is just like, oh. And it's, oh. Yeah. it's not even a quick one. He gets in the ring like slowly, just walks up to him. Sorry, I'm getting up and walking. <laughs> and then American Dragon comes out. Well, I remember Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Super Dragon. And also attacks Joe. Um, <laughs> I must have been writing something. Frankie sort of runs away. Yeah. And I thought very interesting is that Danielson and Super Dragon don't fight. Mm. Yeah. Double Dragon, bad baby. But then Excalibur on commentary said it was going to be a four way feud, which is a bit weird to just say on commentary. Yeah. <laughs> I guess this is the start of a four way feud for the title. <laughs> Alright. Because I would have liked if they at least got one match, like, uh, I suppose you couldn't put Joe and Cass together. No, I'm into a four way feud. Yeah, 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 yeah. true. I just I want to see Double Dragon again. I love Double Dragon. They were so good. I just love, and by love I mean hate, the complete lack, 
lack of effort put into the finish and then Dragon just gets into the ring and just attacks everyone and the referee shrugs his shoulders at him and it's like okay whatever. he did eventually give Joe the win by DQ yes yeah, yeah they did declare that eventually yeah I guess the rationale was this is the semi-main so but just a terrible finish yeah. can't wait to go back and watch it uh, you the listeners <laughs> What did I miss? Maybe Barry will give it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. <laughs> oh dear. So that gives us something to look forward to anyway in the future. Mm. Yeah, the future, Frankie Kazarian. Woo! <laughs> the coolest. Absolutely got him. <laughs> so our main event was a ladder match between Scott Lost and Joey Ryan for the sole ownership of the PWG Tag Team Championships. The finish of the match is that Joey Ryan originally gets the belts, but Rick Knox has been knocked down during the course of the match. And the first family come out and attack Joey Ryan, take the belts off him and place them on Scott Lost. So that when Rick Knox wakes up, he thinks Scott Lost has won and awards him the belts. So. Scott Lost is now the sole owner of the Tag Team Championships. Another good finish. <laughs> Any ladder match where it's like one person gets it and the ref doesn't see it, I'm just like, no. It's like, this, it's one of my biggest pet peeves in wrestling, where it's like, you're meant to treat it legit, but something like that is just, well, I've done it now. Yeah. I can't reverse it. <laughs> and the first family, why yeah. are they? Yeah, we like, don't need more of them. And Scott Lost yeah. doesn't need them. No. So hopefully that doesn't lead to a super faction. Yeah. yeah. Well, in, in Scott's post-show promo, as heel shtick, he was talking about how he did it on his own. So I guess he's not doing a haha. I'm in the first family. Yeah. Thankfully. He cut a pretty generic promo. Yeah. It was really bad and hurts me to say that because he's great, but that wasn't great. But I am excited for him. Mm. Very, very excited for what's to come for Scott. You could see the imprint of the ladder in his face. There was like just in his his forehead and his nose and his eye was oh. just beat up. Yeah, and he was just back from a month long tour of Osaka Pro, so yeah. I'm sure his body was in pieces <laughs> already. I really want to see that tour. I want to find that on the internet. That's like my, my mission. It was like my homework to find that tour. Us? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone out there can help. Please contact Sarah. Yeah, give me your Osaka Pro tapes. <coughs> Please. Yeah, let's trade some tapes. Yeah. We'll give you some uh, whip. Irish, Irish whip. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because I have them. <laughs> yeah, you have them. Well, you have the owner's personal collection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'll trade you um, something else. <laughs> What's in this box? <laughs> Go on to Flans Finds oh, and yeah. pick what you want. <laughs> yes. Oh no, they're going to pick something cool. Yeah. That's on Instagram. That's Sarah's Instagram where she puts up cool Japanese stuff that she's gotten over the years. It's, it's better than Chris Heroes. It is. Thanks, guys. So there's also a post show promo, which is actually a pre show promo featuring Chris Hero, who explains that on his way, to PWG with his friend Bryce Ramsberg, so I guess that's how he ended up there. Uh, Chris Hero sees Virgil at the airport and 
He was like, oh, cool. I've never seen Virgil before. I'll go up and ask him for a picture. And Virgil said no. Oh. Which infuriated <laughs> Chris Hero. So he vowed to take his anger out on Super Dragon. And the one end you want to say, oh, Chris, shouldn't you have known it was post-show promo? But on the other hand, you kind of want to say, Excalibur, could you have popped it in before the match? Did it have to go at the end? It was very strange. <laughs> yeah, very weird. I suppose it was part of the special features when you're watching mm. the DVD. So it's not like us where it just automatically plays at the end on high spots. Yeah, um, yeah, fair enough. But like, I, I have really vivid memories of this promo from when I first really got into independent wrestling because on Heroes MySpace there's like the picture of him at Virgil's like desk at one of the the, the wrestling cons. Con- WrestleCon. Yeah. WrestleCon. Or what it yeah, and it's like that famous like Virgil's WWE superstar sign and I was like, Why does he hate Virgil so much? And then this promo comes up and I'm like, this makes so much sense. And I just think it's amazing piece of wrestling lore <laughs> that Curse Hero hates Virgil. So that was our show. Not the greatest, but also nothing offensively bad on us. The next show we will be covering is Use Your Illusion 3. But now it's time for our favourite segment, our only segment, <laughs> <laughs> Curious Gorilla. Ooh. Okay, so Henry asks us if you were to pick a wrestler currently active to be Super Dragon 2 slash Super Dragon Junior, who would you choose? How do you feel about this question, Emma? I feel okay with it. Okay, I was I worried. Mean, no. As long as the permission is there and the respect is there, I'm happy for someone to take the mantle. So, so who would you, you pick? Who would I pick? That's not... I, like, I can't... I don't know. Either... I can't think of anyone right now that I would... I'm, t- I'm overthinking it. Okay. It would have to be... I don't know. I really don't know. This is going well. <laughs> well, could, okay, who else has an answer? I, I have an answer. Go I on. think it's an answer that will pop in. I don't know if you'll agree with it. I um, can tell you what it is then. KTV. Oh! I think, I think he could do some Super Dragon-ish stuff without just... I don't want someone to just do Super yeah. Dragon. You know, yeah. I think he would be. I think he could. It could satisfy a, a similar a similar niche. I think he's a bit goofy. That's why. No, that's why you make him Super Dragon too. Get rid of that beast yeah. shit. Get rid of all that. What's the mask is on? Yeah. What's yeah. Yeah. on? Okay. Yeah. If you tasked him with being having that aura, I think he could do it. Yeah, that's good. This this one is a bit of a cop out, I guess, because they teamed. But like, I think Kevin Owens would have been mm-hmm. a great Super Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he. I can't really think of anyone now who would be as violent as him. That's what and I was going to say. There isn't anyone that has the, the tenacity that he has. Yeah, and I think Steen Owens would have that. And he he has that badass presence, like, and yeah. he wouldn't lose that in the mask. It'd probably add to his benefit. Yeah. See, I think it would have to be someone who doesn't have a social media presence, really, yeah. who kind of is a bit of a. He just gets in, he does his match, and he goes. What I'm thinking now is one of the young guns, but I don't know which one is which. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, someone young and someone kind of brutish and scrappy and just kind of is just in, to, in it for the wrestling, not for the... Yeah. God, Pete Dunne, like, five years ago. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. UK dragon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, might be a bit on the nose because they had such an interlinked thing, but uh, uh, only Lorcan. I just to give you a small. He's yeah, a small. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I would like him to, you know, as we have discussed before, take the psycho driver yeah. and take something, but no. Yeah. yeah. Sarah? Like, I just think, like, surely there's someone in GCW who can take the mantle. Because, like, I'm just thinking it has to be someone from the Indies. You can't just give it to someone who's a name. Oh, wow, thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, like, he's not going to be Super Dragon yeah. like, you, you, you're Like, you think Kevin Owens back, like, yeah, in 2011 yeah. or whatever. Like, I just can't. I actually don't think there is anyone. I don't think so either. No, I think Kyle the Beast is probably the best GCW yeah. pick. Ricochet Page. Oh my god. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. It's tough. Super Dragon's not allowed to be from Ohio, actually. That's just. (laughs) (laughs) Like, who even. I can't even think of their roster anymore. Who even is there? Like, Cali Cat? (laughs) Um, I don't know. Go on. (laughs) Cali Cat, yeah. <laughs> I'm so Female Super Dragon would be pretty cool. Yeah. Just that same outfit but with boobs cut out. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> who could it be? What about those gaming nerds who get mad because the girl character doesn't have big enough boobs <laughs> on the fucking got PlayStation it. game? I've only ever played Dead or Alive 2, and that's the only fighting <laughs> game I'll ever play. Yeah, basically my answer is no one. I yeah. wouldn't give it to anyone. Retire it. Uh, Hannah asks, what is your favourite conspiracy theory? Mine is that Avril Lavigne was okay. replaced. I knew you were going to... Because I just... It, if you read into it... Yeah, the manner isn't afraid. So she was replaced by a girl called Melissa, and I think all the signs are there. I just like Avril Lavigne changed a lot from, you know, the Leco era to under under my skin to then the best damn thing, her marriage to Derek Whibley, and then suddenly they divorce. Let's ignore his drug issues and marries the guy from Nickelback. Relationship with Brody Jenner. It's just her, she changed a lot for someone. Yes, that's not, let's ignore the fact that she was like 17, 18 when she first came on the scene and now she's in her mid 30s. Let's just change, like ignore that. She's a different human, it's Melissa. That, that's my conspiracy theory. There, yeah, very good. Mine is kind of similar. It's the um, Bill Hicks faked his own death and he's now Alex Jones. <laughs> Tremendous. Uh, wow. There's actually some overlap because like the Avril Lavigne one, lots of very f- unintentionally funny graphics out there of like lines drawn around similar blemishes they have on their faces and stupid things like that. Um, yeah, but that's a good one. I was quite into the moon landing for a while. Really? Yeah, yeah, and I did one. convince myself that it was faked. Because sometimes there's a thing I like to do when I'm bored is to convince myself of conspiracy theories and see how long it takes for me to go... Wow, maybe they're onto something. I do it with everything. Mm. Um, I've done it with 9-11. I've done it with Flat Earth recently. I've done it with <laughs> a lot of deaths and like, 
you know, oh, or the CIA killed Bob Marley. That is actually Ooh. one that I like. So maybe I'm going to go with that film. Oh, I need to read into that one. CIA killed Bob Marley? Yeah. What's the reasoning? Uh, because he was spreading dangerous propaganda. Oh, the weed is good. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favourite one is Roswell. I think oh, Area 51. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've all, I think that's the one that's was my gateway conspiracy theory. And I, when I was younger, I used to have all books on aliens and stuff like that as well, but they had accounts of people who got abducted and shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a great one. It also led to Men in Black. So. That's what I was about to say. I think Men, like, men in Black, like, I think that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. I think yeah. maybe because of that BuzzFeed Unsolved video they did that one time. Oh, about maybe. the, yeah. But like, there's some evidence there, man. Yeah. yeah. But even if it's not aliens, they have some good shit in there. It has to be. That's why it's such a secret. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I did briefly after the first season get properly into all like the making a murderer fan theories, which is kind of dangerous because it's in people like casting aspersions onto real life people. Yeah. But after that first series came out, you could lose yourself for hours on Reddit and YouTube. Of, well, this person was here and they and they could have made it back, and this person has a well by blah blah blah. When that when that show was the thing, you know, at the time. I'm so I'm really bad for that. I did it with that, and I did it with cereal, cereal. as well. Cereal, cereal. I'm still, I'm still convinced. I remember I was on a flight and I watched a whole like docu follow up documentary that they did. I think it was on HBO. Mm. Yeah, I'm still bad into it. Yeah, like, yeah. When stuff like that gets it hooked into you, it's something else. Yeah. And Hannah has a follow up question. Yes. So Hannah has another question, which is, what was your dream job when you were little? Ziggy? Mine was to be a cartoonist. You're messing. Yeah. Mine too. Yeah. Uh, and I did, <laughs> ignoring that, I did work experience in a cartoon studio. Wow. And it was so painfully boring that it put me off forever because I guess I, well, I was only a teenager so I didn't really know the full process and it was just like, you drawing an arm a hundred times. Yeah. Like, you know in Parks and Rec, when, when he, he, his campaign is done, I can't even explain it, where he does the claymation, yeah. and he's like, that took six weeks, and it, was <laughs> yeah, three, yeah. it wasn't even three seconds. Yeah, that's what doing the animation was like, and I was just like, no, that's not for me. I think all those things you think about as a kid, making cartoons, making movies, the idea of our, being a television star, the idea of actually doing the thing when you become older and you realise okay, you start off as a runner yeah. at a TV at a station producing a show you don't even like like the grim realism of that always takes you down but yeah when you're a kid you have this grand because I was the same I wanted to draw comic books when I was younger and I can't, I, can't, I don't think I would have had the patience or the political savvy to actually make it in that world but I just wanted to do it you know yeah. so when I was like little little like when I was very young I obviously wanted to be a singer wanted to be Britney Spears um, I wanted the red outfit from Oops I Did Again video that's what I really wanted. And then I got a bit older and actually wanted to be a journalist. And I only stopped wanting to be a journalist when I realised I would not get enough points to be to journalism in college. And that I actually wasn't very good at writing. <laughs> so I stopped on that path. And yeah, so very boring. I don't have a nice fun one. I, as a young child, famously wanted to be a famous artist or a shopkeeper. That was my dream. But then as I got older, I decided I wanted to be a caterer or a criminal psychologist. <laughs> you should have been both. It's very, that would have been great. I have all, like, 
kind of done both of them yeah. now. <laughs> so I'll follow up with our next question straight away then. Is Emma actually the real super dragon? No. <laughs> so that could be a future job. We might give you the mantle. I actually think that I'm tougher than Super Dragon. But as we discussed, they haven't cut the boobies out of the shit back here. So if I know how Emma cuts her t-shirts, I'm fine with her Super Dragon get up. Um, no, I'm tougher than Super Dragon. Um, Look, I'm scared of you. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, my punches are better. My violence party is better. Um, my yeah. ass is not better, unfortunately. Super Dragon has a better ass than me. Your voice is manlier. My voice is manlier. Yeah. So. Um, Little Joe Pesci ass. <laughs> is Super Dragon the real Emma G? Is the question oh. you should be asking. No, uh, he's not. <laughs> Our next question comes from Eamon. Sorry, that last question was from Benny. Apologies, Benny. Will Rust signing with WWE make things awkward at the Taylor family Christmas since Chuck and Brian are now as competition? Will one of them literally try to take food off the other's plate at the dinner table? I think it'll be awkward because of Brian Cage being there. It's more than anything. Yeah, he's going to be talking about the fucking Democrats and what they're doing. His, his wife's going to be there talking about his willy. Like, you know. <laughs> what dish did you bring? Did you not eat penis? <laughs> what else is there to say? <laughs> I'd say, yeah, that Brian's more likely to be taking food off everyone's plates. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chuck would be very awkward in the corner, just wanting to be at home with his dog, Walter. With <laughs> a shitty little dick. <laughs> a shitty little dick. And just playing games. Doesn't want to be at a family Christmas dinner. <laughs> he's, he's the one in the family who comes down in his hoodie and everyone turns, look who came out to see us. <laughs> but... I'm very happy for Russ Taylor. Yeah, it's it's good to yeah. see him get his due. I'm happy to see his thighs again. Very nice. Okay, so this one's from Jamesy. If you could take one wrestler from 2020 and transport them back to wrestling 2004 PWG, who would be the best fit? Likewise, if you could transport one 2004 wrestler in 2020, who would it be? We sort of answered one similar to this, but this was over a year ago now at this mm. stage. But my answer would still be the same and I feel even more sure of it now. I said Eddie Kingston and I would definitely put this Eddie Kingston back there. Yeah. And I think he'd be incredible at it. And then the opposite one, like obviously there's a lot of great indie wrestlers on this. So it, it's sort of easy to pick like Brian Danielson and stuff. So I'll actually go for Bobby Quantz. Oh, Because yeah. he yeah. didn't get the career that you think he's going to get at this yeah. point so I think now especially with all the people missing he'd be the guy coming up on the indies now as someone I really enjoyed on this show and just outside of doing this podcast didn't know much about I would love to see what Hook Bomberry would be doing in a modern indie scene where stuff is more watchable and there's different places that he could work or in Bloodsport or in Bloodsport or something like Bloodsport yeah this is obviously hypothetically we say 2020, pre-pandemic and pre-WWE signing the entire world. Uh, so yeah, but I, I'd love to see him uh, in a different era. And who'd you send back? 
Oh, who do we send back? Um, I don't know, what's his current name? Damien Priest. Is that his current name? The Big Damo. No, no. no Jose uh, Martinez. Yeah. Big tall fella. Yeah, yeah. I think he'd, he'd be good in this era. In the know? sea of big men. He yeah, actually he would. Yeah. He's a hardcore kid. Yeah. yeah. I wonder would he still be serious or would he have to do a bit of shtick oh, with his tall? Oh, bad shtick would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm finding this quite hard. Which one? Well, Both. I would obviously take Super Dragon, but I don't know, is there a place for Super Dragon in 2020? No, he'd be irony booked on yeah, GCW. There's, yeah, there's nothing, there's nowhere for him. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see someone like, and this is saying silly, but I love PWG openers, so I think someone like Marco Stunt in PWG oh, would be amazing, it would be great. fun, and I think he'd add something to it, and he's got a great personality, and I think he could do something. I don't know who I would take from PWG, so I'm not going to answer. <laughs> fair, fair. I would take from 2004, Scott Lost. Because the fact that he retired, like he retired 10 years ago now, spoiler. But I think he would still work so well in 2020. I think his offense would still be really good and people would still be really into it and I think with the current climate he would just slot into AEW in any role that they wanted him in. Now to bring back is a tough one. I don't know who I'd bring back to PWG who I'd want there. I don't know if the mind just goes to AEW because yeah. you, you're just so closely linked yeah. you can't really help it. Let's just put Moxley in there and see how it goes. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Give me some plunders. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that would actually rule. Next question comes from Ben. He asks, which famous gorilla would you most like to see wrestle in PWG and who would they face? I assume you all have a top 10 famous gorillas ready to go. I would pick... The, the one from the most valuable primate movies. Oh, nice. Because they they can play ice hockey, they can play <laughs> other s- extreme sports. I'm sure I'm sure the gorilla can wrestle. Uh, uh, the little fella from Dunstan checks in. Dunstan, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the little fella! <laughs> um, and I would have him wrestle Brent Denson because it's the best possible option. I would... Bring back Harambe. <laughs> and I would have him wrestle Frankie Kazarian. Wait, part of the question was we'd have them wrestle all the time. We say bring him back to me to life. Yeah, yeah. I'd resurrect Zombie Harambe and have him tear the arms off Frankie Kazarian. <laughs> or just to like have an alternate timeline, have him wrestle Marco Stunts and just have it play out a little bit differently to you know the first time when that child was Jesus Christ! Wow! I didn't know where you were going with that. Hell, apparently. Jesus Christ! Oh, I would have um, King Kong. Yeah. Um, And I'd have him wrestle Adam Pierce so that. Who is Adam Pierce's valet? Valentina. Valentina. I have King Kong rescue Valentina from Adam Pierce. Fucking pop popcorn out of Around the elf line. <laughs> 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 swinging off an antler like. 
<laughs> Make that a movie. Thank yeah. you for that question, Ben. Oh, that worked out way better. That was tremendous. Okay, I've got a question from Stephen. And he asks, if you had to have anyone in PWG break up with someone for you, who would it be? I <laughs> would say Rocky Romero. Oh, yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. He'd yes. let them down easy for you. They, there'd be the worry they'd become friends, though. I'd worry about that. Um, but he'd do it right, you know. He, and he wouldn't tell them you're a coward for not doing it yourself. <laughs> but he'd let them down easy. And I, I feel he's... They would become friends. I know, that's the problem. Because he'd be so nice. Yeah. That they'd be like, so Rocky. Um, but he wouldn't do that to you. No, but, but... They'd be friends, but he wouldn't. If things happen. But I would choose Rocky, too, because he mm. would be very nice about it. And he'd be very, you know, very pleasant. Yeah. And I feel Rocky is your go-to. If you're having any issues with anything, Rocky's your man. I agree. How you guys going to follow that? <laughs> Gosh. I'd have Super Dragon do it. He'd be blunt. He'd just say a few words. He'd just say, listen, you're done. And that's that's what I like about breakups. So, yeah, I'd have Super Dragon do it. Can Super Dragon talk? <laughs> you're done. He's you're like, done. You're done. Yeah, you're done. Hey, I'm breaking up here. <laughs> I would have Frankie Kazarian do it. <laughs> Because it would take the heat off of me because he'd be such an insufferable little uncool dickhead. <laughs> Except you'd be behind getting worked up and all this heat. You're doing it all wrong. Let's get married actually, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, just despite Frankie. <laughs> Brilliant question. Escalibur could be good too, actually. Yeah. I yeah. think he'd go on a tangent yeah. and he'd yeah. just confuse. Like, sorry, what are you? Why are we here? ILM couldn't fix this relationship. <laughs> oh, yeah. ILM means. <laughs> oh, I'm done with them anyway. <laughs> oh, I just can't. I'm going through the roster in my head now of other different strategies. Like, what would Top Good Tower do? Just like shouting at It's you. over! <laughs> but I still have sex with you! <laughs> Tits! Lazaro <laughs> was locos. Um, tried to do yeah, it. Yeah. The words of Spanish, but then being very Canadian. Hardcore kid would just banter him out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> just go and tell them how it's actually better off. <laughs> 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 That's that's gotta be the real answer. Yeah. That's gotta be it. Yeah. Okay, so our final question comes from Swing Dog. <laughs> who asks if you could duet with any wrestler, who would it be? Thank you, Sweet Dog. Um, disco. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. I think I think he'd be good, and I think he would. He'd be fun. Uh, we'd have a good disco classic, and yeah, be a good time. Sarah, do you want to answer before me? Yeah. <laughs> you go ahead. No, because I'm not going to say it. No, you go ahead. No, I'm not gonna, uh, you go ahead. I'm not going to say John Moxley. Neither am I. Okay, then. that's fine. I've already duetted with a wrestler. Me oh, is it any wrestler? I think so. He said any wrestler. Okay. That chap hasn't watched a second of PWG. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Okay, well then I'll think again. I would. Eddie Kingston. We need to get a boss pool. <laughs> oh my god! He'd be too packed, I'd be up the giant. Oh my god! Of, of course. Oh yeah. my yeah. god! Yeah. 
I didn't see him being Elton John. It's a great song though. Yeah. yeah. I love that song. I see, too. I've already duetted with Rocky Romero. We, we rapped together. Well, I made him rap with me. But no, I actually know I would pick John Moxley. <laughs> you see Caroline. I think Jericho would be the worst the person worst, to do yeah. it. Have you ever seen videos of him doing karaoke? Yeah. Like, I always remember there's like a video of him and like Mickey James doing Grease. Yes, I've seen Oh, yeah. that yeah. sounds horrendous. Yeah, they're on a tour somewhere and it's just terrible. Brian Danielson. Yeah, I, think. I was waiting for He loves singing. Yeah. And we do the final countdown. <laughs> oh, and you slap your thighs? Yeah. Yeah. I would actually choose Tyler Breeze. Wow! Um, yeah, because on the up, up, down, down, Uno things, yeah. the forfeit every week is you have to sing a wrestler theme song of their choosing. Okay. And Tyler Breeze is always hilarious doing that. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, he would be my pick. That's a good one. Amazing. I always, the, he always gets, and I hate it because it's Chris Brown, but he always gets kiss kissed up in my head when they do the, their, um, GM modes yeah. because they always do that I'm the country boy from Lana and they always sing that and I'm like I used to love that song and it gets I know all the words and I'm like I don't want to sing Chris Brown songs all the time but he's a very good voice yeah yeah it's very good and it always comes across as like a good laugh as well mm. yeah so wait, what song would you sing yeah. I'm too sexy probably oh That's nice nice so thanks everyone for the questions yeah. I think that was one of the the most enjoyable rounds of Curious Gorilla we've done. Very yeah. good. Very uh, I don't know how listenable it is. <laughs> most of it laughing over all our answers, but thank you very much. And if anyone else wants to send questions, you can send them to our Twitter at Gorilla Island or to our email, gorillaisland at gmail.com. That about wraps up this episode. And my personal Twitter is at Zig on the Rocks. At Sarah Flan. At the Barry Led. I'm at O underscore Emma G and I just have one thing to say if anyone would like to leave us a review on Apple or on iTunes please do um, just rate and review and it will help the podcast so we will catch you again sometime in the future for Use Your Illusion 3 bye, bye. bye.